I'm Elise Orlowski, a senior video director here at Kramer. And I'm Trip Underwood, a creative director at Kramer. And at Kramer, we work with so many incredibly fascinating people from all over multiple industries. We have so many great conversations, many that are just too good to keep to ourselves. So now we're sharing them with the world. Right here from Kramer Studios. This is Pivot Points. Hi, welcome to another episode of Pivot Points. I'm your host, Trip Underwood, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Aaron Martin, Director of Marketing here at Kramer. And we're also going to be talking with Devin Littlefield, who is a managing partner at MarketVantage. He's a digital marketing pro and someone that we here at Kramer turn to for like strategic help when it comes to executing on our marketing plans, activating our content, and basically bringing our, li- our brand to life in a digital space. So thanks so much for joining us, Devin. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's awesome to see uh, the art coming together behind the scenes now and, and being on the other side of the camera. Yes. So it's fun. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, Devin, your team specializes in improving online traffic for your clients, including Mm -hmm. Kramer. Um, Talk to us a little bit about your approach to that. What are some of the key elements to a successful marketing campaign and just generally making a brand more visible uh, online? Sure. It all starts, I think, in the research phase, right? Being able to understand what are the things that are going really, really well for that company, uh, that business, and what are the things that may need to be improved upon. And we always want to start there. And I think that even generally comes down to measurement, okay. right? What are the digital tactics? How are you measuring things? What seems to be effective? Do you have internal benchmarks that we can kind of validate against? Okay. That's extremely important for a lot of businesses and, and really our starting place because we need to first understand all of those things, right? And that will help inform goal setting. Mm-hmm. Our goal setting process is then the ability to say, all right, what have we done in the past? What are the things that we could shoot for? And I'll add that I'm a big advocate of what are the business outcomes that we can help drive or certainly influence. And with those goals and the measurement plans in place, we can then effectively create strategy and and execution on whatever those things happen to be. And and have any of those metrics or milestones changed over the years? Like what, what constitutes a metric these days? Yeah, that's a really interesting question because so long ago when digital advertising especially was just getting started and even you know seo for websites you know this term black hat strategies right Where, sadly that's more my era so. <laughs> right what have they invented in the past right. 15 years no it's like how can you hack the best results mm-hmm. possible and and really at that point it seemed you know what was your overall web traffic yeah. right and and especially you know for advertising how many impressions and clicks and you know maybe conversions if you were tracking that but that was effectively it from a digital perspective okay. now it's it's really evolved and I think the heart of today's conversation needs to be around trackable user engagement online to say all right Aaron hit our website I can see the activity on the website I know what content she's looking at now I can create content or do take certain actions to be able to speak to Aaron at the moment you know at that right mm-hmm. moment with content that she's interested in that's the level of tracking that we're at these days. And so far more important than just what are your impressions and your clicks on your ads, it's now, you know, what's the engagement like with your content? How can we use that to influence other content in the future or, you know, take certain actions now to be able to push people down the funnel further? Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I I think one of the things that we've talked about quite a bit is in order to have a successful online presence, you need to have content that matters. You need to have content that's teaching your audience something, making them think differently, um, adding value to their everyday life. And so we at Kramer spend so much time 
building that POV, building what we want to say, mm-hmm. and then, you know, putting all this investment into a single piece of content, you know, what are some ways that you can get the most out of that content? Yeah, it's really interesting you talk about that because I think it all comes down to what your what your target audience or who they are. Mm-hmm. And I think that will influence the the campaign or the strategies and the tactics we actually use at that point. And right. you know, especially you know, Kramer and Market Advantage, we're both B two B entities, right? We're mm-hmm. we're trying to work with other businesses. Mm-hmm. So for us, I think you know, investing most of the time and energy on LinkedIn, frankly, at the, at this right. moment in time, from a digital ad perspective and from an organic social perspective, you know, LinkedIn continues to be a top priority for for Market Advantage and, and clients as well. Mm-hmm. And so. With that in mind, knowing that LinkedIn's a really, really hot platform at the moment, we need to be thinking about, all right, how can we develop you know, content and ideas that will attract people and, and get in front of them at the right moment in time on LinkedIn? And mm-hmm. so, you know, ebook content's huge mm-hmm. on the platform okay. right now, right? Carousel type ads or, you know, you can even, um, with document posts that are organic format, you can essentially tell many stories within them, right? And now, now you start to think about it a little bit differently. Knowing the execution and where you're going will help influence the strategy mm-hmm. as well. Because if you're, if you're trying to build a story, say, or like a, a document post on LinkedIn, you have up to 10 slides to be able to actually put that content in. Now I have 10 opportunities to effectively catch people and, and you can create engaging content that way that will you know, keep them coming back or make it more share worthy, make it more content, you know, comment worthy, et cetera. Right. It's, it's essential to make sure your content is in the right format for whatever channel you're trying to activate. And, right. You know, Carousel Post is a great example for LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And I think one other thing we've really been seeing, especially lately, is is not all businesses are fully aware of the the actual things that are working really well mm-hmm. right now. So they, it's just kind of they take kind of a spaghetti approach. We're going to put content out on all the platforms and see what sticks. Mm-hmm. And personally, I think especially for you know, maybe smaller marketing teams, but certainly teams that are kind of working within a silo, it could be really challenging without an open line of communication and without a set, without level set goals across teams to know what you're ultimately trying to do here. And so I, I always go back to, you know, what are you measuring, but also what are you really trying to accomplish trying to with these mm-hmm. with these types of things or with this content and and work from there. Right, and and I think something that we've we've talked about is because of all that investment that goes into a single point of view, making sure that you are breaking it into the smaller pieces to keep multiple channels active. So you're not having to build a new piece of content for each channel, but instead you're you're repurposing that those ideas and, and that and effort. Uh, for the right format for the right channel. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was thinking of an analogy on my drive over. It's kind of like if I'm a chef in a kitchen, right, and somebody comes over and hands me a bag of lemons, right, right, without a plan of what I'm going to do with those <laughs> lemons and without a set goal, right, they may just rot in the back. Right. Even if you just gave me one lemon, I can still turn that around and make lemonade if that's what we're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. here. But if not, maybe I'll go make lemon squares or something else, right? Yeah. So now I'm getting hungry. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> um, so talking about content being key, but then this idea of not having to reinvent the wheel when you're trying to keep up a particular cadence, I think is important. Um, and we see that a lot in the event space where we spend a lot of time. I wonder if you can talk to me a little bit about um, – using event content throughout the year to kind of increase the return on investment for some of our clients, like anything you're seeing in the space that's working well or stuff that you wish people did more of and maybe they're not doing. 
Sure. I think first and foremost is just doing a full sweep, of course, on what the actual content is. So you came, you did a big event, right? Mm -hmm. You spent all this money on it. Now, take the time, read through all the transcripts, understand what the themes are, and then try and strategically align that content to fit within themes of your business, right? And obviously, we're targeting goals at that point as well. So if we know that we want to drive X in business outcomes as a result of this content, now we can start to think about, okay, I'm going to want to create several eBooks from this type of content, right? I'm going to want to split up the videos into smaller, digestible one-minute chunks. So that way, it'll entice people to go look for more content, right? Because I think when you think about a funnel, we need to be able to first just put the content out there and make people aware of who you are. And I'm mm -hmm. assuming under that example, we're talking about people that didn't actually get to go to the live event. We're now just talking post-event. But then with your content after, now we need to just give them the research and the information that they're really looking for, which yeah. becomes more of you know content downloads on thought leadership and then research-based pieces and then case studies proving your value. And, and from there, you will inevitably, <laughs> you've created a funnel at that point, you've pushed people down it or helped guide them down it, how <laughs> right. you, depending on how you want to think about it. <laughs> a little aggressive analogy. A little yeah, aggressive, all right, we guide them down the funnel. Right. And then at that point, they're going to make a decision about whether they want to work with you or not. And mm -hmm. I think for the most part, if you've done a great job of giving them the content that they want to see and you prove your value and who you are as a company in that process, they're probably going to go with you. It's funny. So we obviously the, the sales funnel analogy is as old as time, but this idea mm -hmm. of making content that fits within a funnel, because what happens in a funnel? It's, it's specifically designed to keep things that are too big yep. from going all the way down. And I think right. traditionally marketing has failed at that in some capacity of just trying to give all the content you have at a particular phase and hope someone wades through it. Mm -hmm. But this idea of making it so it fits within the funnel, I think, is a great visual analogy. Yeah. And one thing I'll, I'll point out, though, is in this day and age, we have so much technology to be able to track people and understand mm -hmm. behavior. Right. But at the end of the day, there are going to be things that we will not be able to track or do a tribute because who mm -hmm. knows, you know, I, and actually Kramer's a great example of yeah, this, right? Yeah, it's a messy world out there. <laughs> yeah, well, people, you know, they've heard about Kramer. We run ads for Kramer, right? But that doesn't inherently mean that my ads should get all the credit for, you know, driving leads for you guys, right? right? It's somebody heard so about you elsewhere. Multiple along the line. Yeah, yeah, and certainly... Um, in the world of digital, we call this incremental lift or this idea or another term halo effect, where essentially advertising can influence certain behavior that essentially becomes unattributable. So if I've heard of Kramer before, I see an ad show up in my LinkedIn feed promoting, you know, something, some great thought leadership piece. Instead of actually clicking on the ad, you know, maybe I'm on my mobile device on a subway somewhere, I get off, I have to go to work. I get to my desk later, pull up my desktop, you know, my computer and search for Kramer and then just go directly to the website. From a digital perspective, that's an unattributable well, action that happens. I can't totally prove it. But I think we see that overall, when you do have effective strategies in place, other areas will be supported in that process, like your organic search results, right? right. Or or even your direct your direct none a traffic source, which just drives me crazy because it's all unattributable <laughs> traffic, essentially. But it all they all work together and they all kind of lift right. each other up. It's like the rising tide that raises all ships. Yeah, I think I think one of the things that our teams really learned um, is that it's easy to focus on the channels that marketing owns, right? Mm -hmm. Your website, your SEO, your social media, your paid advertisements. 
Uh, but finding ways to activate your content within your sales organization, within your account organization. I know something that that we ran last year was agents of hybrid. And so in a time where people were trying to sort out what hybrid should look like, why should I, you know, still be putting a virtual option out there? Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that we talked about was by doing a virtual option, we can now use that video footage. We can now have that into smaller clips for our sales and account team to share with people that may not have attended or people that may have attended to continue the conversation. And so, you know, finding ways when you're when you're making those investments to really activate all the channels and look beyond just the marketing team has been essential for us. Yeah, absolutely. And Agents of Hybrid was such an interesting topic as well, because it was at a time when hybrid was being talked about, but nobody actually was doing it, right? right. Nobody knew what to do, and mm-hmm. you you guys did it successfully. So right. kudos to you guys for making that happen. But on the other side, it's like, okay, you did this event, you came up with all this content afterwards, and then actually leveraged it, right? right. Put in a plan and actually, you know, drove more leads, right? Drove engagement and thought leadership, and people thought favorably of Kramer as a result. So I think that's a perfect example of, you know, especially taking an event, putting a really strong POV on it, and then having an actual strategy in place right. afterwards <laughs> to, to then go to go increment on. Yeah, so. seriously. Um, well, no, I know that that was you know a huge moment for us. I think if someone were to be looking at their content plan for the year, looking at their events for the year, trying to figure out, okay, how do I activate all this? What are some of the ways that they could start looking at measurement? A, looking at what they're already measuring, and B, what what should they be looking at going forward? Sure, I think businesses fundamentally have an incredible opportunity right now to be able to focus on user engagement tracking, mm-hmm. right? And and going beyond just the anonymized Google Analytics or web data traffic, right? We, we now have the tools in place to be able to effectively say, all right, Aaron, what were you looking at when you visited our website or trip, you know, what were you shopping around for? Like, whatever it happens to be, we have that tech at our fingertips now. And I think all businesses should be leveraging it. And especially in the world of digital marketing, where privacy is becoming a much bigger concern and and anonymizing data is becoming far more prevalent and so many other technically focused things. Um, We just really need, as marketers, we need to be, one, respecting privacy, but two, also being given permission. And if we are given that permission, then we can still track people. We've got the okay to track people and what their behavior is online. And I think that's far more important these days from a an engagement perspective because the other thing is almost no matter what that that will help prove and tie back to your business outcomes so we talked about before right because if i see that you take certain actions engage down the funnel and then become you know close one business for those that are in the b2b market that's the only way that we can really really suss it out as being you know this ad or this engagement then ultimately worked all the way down the funnel and became closed one for us so i think that's super important these days yeah i think it also keeps your team honest making sure that you're (laughs) you're putting out content that's landing or or content that's continuing conversations that your audience is telling you they want to have yeah absolutely because i think one of the other sides of that equation is you see all this data coming in and that's great but I think it can also be revealing about what's not included right. within your data or not included in your <laughs> mm-hmm. user engagement. Because if you're seeing, you know, you put out this great piece of content right. and nobody's downloading it, 
something might be wrong and that's okay like we that's a story that we can tell and obviously go and fix it and make sure that that mistake doesn't happen again right so i think it all comes back to um you know what are your goals how are you going to effectively measure that Mm -hmm. and then i think just being revealing about or just getting the data in place to be able to help support that storytelling, to, you know, of what that what that effort did towards achieving those goals, or what it didn't do, and in which case you can learn from that. Yeah. And it might be in some cases the content might just not be landing. In other cases, it might be the content is being displayed properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the advertising isn't working. The tone of the ad is different than the content. The content's too long. If you right. like what you have and it's not working. Do your due diligence and try to figure out why, but explore a couple of different angles. I like this holistic approach to just being more thoughtful of how the content is used. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, being honest with yourself. If something's not working, it just might not be working. Yeah, and don't be afraid to get on. a gut check from, yeah. from your team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if it is going really well, then let's replicate those yes, results, right? right? Let's try right, and right, right. let's make more ebook content like that theme because clearly it worked, right? Yeah. And I think that's... More so in today's day and age, it's marketing should be focusing on incremental improvement over time, right? Not just being told that you need to go measure and do this thing, execute it, and then report on it and you're done. Like, you should always be trying to improve. Is there such thing as too much content? Like, is there, you hear a lot of people talking about uh, overload, content overload. But I also think, you know, I come at it for a perspective where as a content creator, I'm creating all these things. Now, in a perfect world, I'd love to believe that everyone is reading every sentence and looking at every picture, but then I'm constantly reminding myself and being reminded by my team of someone's going to see one out of 10 of these. Right. So um, is there such thing as too much content? Can you overplan it, or is you just need to be respectful of the fact that people are coming at it from very many different ways and they get what they get? You know, that's a tough question to answer because naturally my, my inclination is to say there's no such thing, right. but that's because I usually come from a perspective of we're not getting enough content. Right from you so you need to go create more (laughs) (laughs) not you guys just in general (laughs) clients have a it seems like creating content sometimes can be difficult for clients but i think more often than not when you hit the right cadence and you're putting out content that is meaningful and impactful towards you know supporting somebody within that that funnel I don't know if there's such a thing because you're going to always find ways to be able to to pivot this type of content in and leverage it in different ways. So, you know, if you're doing year-based things, right? Research reports from Forrester that you co-sponsored, right? Like that yeah. that's a time-bound piece of content. The other side of it too is we just don't totally have all the attribution in place in terms of what people are looking at, unfortunately. Yeah. So, to some respect, you do need to have a variety of content available to support them in in whatever journey they may be on because we just don't there's never going to be a perfect one-to-one of we know that they were interested in this search and then they clicked on this ad and then they read right. this piece of content like that's nice and that's our goal but we just can't always physically get there so i would say definitely err on the side of create more content than, than not you think you need <laughs> create more than you think you need yeah Well, that's about all the time we have today. I want to thank everyone for listening and watching, and we'll be back with more Pivot Points soon.